Welcome back to the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast, episode number 106, Don't Quit While You're Ahead. This episode is all about uh, why people actually quit in their fitness journeys too early, and especially with online coaching and using an online coach to further your journey in your health and fitness. Christina and I go through a bunch of scenarios that we have unfortunately experienced with clients that have caused them to quit before they were ready to that eventually resulted in them needing to come back or needing to start all over in their journey again. So we want to help you avoid these mistakes. So we go over every single one in tons and tons of detail for you to end this year out strong. So if you are starting a health and fitness journey with a fitness coach through this holiday season and into the new year, we strongly recommend that you listen to this episode to just get a better perspective on what this journey even looks like, what your expectations should be, and how to make sure that this is the last time that you have to lose the weight or go through this ever again. Now, we don't interrupt this show midway with sponsored ads or asking you for ratings and reviews. So while you're just getting settled, we ask that you just take two seconds to support our show by giving it a five-star review on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Ratings and reviews allow us to bring more knowledgeable and influential people onto the show for you to learn everything possible about science and sustainability with respect to your goals. Now, if you liked this episode in particular, screenshot it, tag us on Instagram to show your support. One share could be the catalyst for someone in your life to transform their body, their health, and their fitness for good. And of course, it helps our show grow too. And we appreciate that. So thanks again for listening. We don't take your attention for granted. So let's get right into it. Episode number 106, Don't Quit While You're Ahead. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Christina Lynn, and I'm here with my co-host, Marissa Roy. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about something that was a little controversial uh, that Marissa had made a post about, and we thought it was appropriate for today's topic episode since we're kind of coming up on like Black Friday and there's a lot of deals on coaching and people are trying to kind of like get into the groove before the new year. So we thought it would be an interesting uh, conversation today. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, it's just like, it's a really hectic season. Like I think they're used to, I used to have this belief that like the holidays were like a slow time for this industry and this business. But honestly, I think just kind of the tables have turned to where people are marketing so much of like, be prepared for the new year, go through the holidays. And like, there are a lot of good coaches out there that are, you know, helping people uh, navigate the holidays in a much healthier way um, and being able to realize that they can see progress um, through a season like that, which is, you know, a limiting belief for a lot of clients. So it's a good thing. Uh, But with that being said, there's a lot of um, specials and promotions and people are signing up left and right for online coaching. And, uh, you know, I put up this post the other day, got a lot of reshares from like other coaches and I guess controversial, it's controversial in the sense of like, uh, like a client probably wouldn't want to hear it if they were like starting their journey. Like they just, they, if they were faced with everything I wrote in that post, they'd be like, Oh, let me reconsider what I'm doing here. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, we wanted to kind of just 
make sure that you have realistic expectations going into your fitness journey, whether you're doing that with a one-on-one coach or on your own, um, and just having realistic expectations for what you're going into, what it should look like also, maybe how to make the most out of your coaching relationship, um, and just some tips there. So that's why we'll probably call this something along the lines of like, don't quit while you're ahead or don't quit too early or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think this will be really good, especially because so many people, again, with the new years are are really trying to take advantage of all the motivation that they have going into, you know, 2023 and all that stuff. And it is very easy for people to fall off track. So hopefully Again, whether you are signing up with a coach, hopefully they're, uh, you know, keeping you accountable towards your goals. But if you're doing this maybe on your own too, that we can give you some practical takeaways as well for like, you know, not giving up. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. So I, oh, my phone's over there. I was going to read the post, but basically the whole post was like a, you know, pretending that I'm on Twitter when I'm not (laughs) and posting a tweet of, you know, things that coaches need to talk about more and reasons why clients quit one-on-one coaching too early before they've seen the results that they need. Um, because like, honestly, they just don't know what they don't know. Um, and that's why we're going to talk about it because if you don't know what you don't know, then the only way you're going to know is if you listen to this podcast and get all the info. So there was a number of slides, I think one, two, three, four, five, uh, different points, But we'll kind of go through them one at a time. So the first one was just, let's normalize the fact that real results take a few months when you do things the right way, Um, aka not crash dieting or starving yourself, not doing hours and hours of cardio, uh, and actually eating in a modest calorie deficit while strength training. And when we do this, um, the number on the scale often change a lot slower than things like the way your clothes fit, the the way your energy changes, uh, your inches on your waist, like your body fat is going to change a lot from those things that we do. But, um, your weight on the scale might not because you might be adding muscle and losing fat at the same time. And a lot of women struggle to be okay with that at first. And so, you know, people range on a spectrum. I feel like I talk to some people who are like already accepting of that. They're like, I don't really care what I weigh. I just really need to see some change. And then there's some people who are like, I must be this number. And we kind of have to get away from that mindset and also accept the fact that, It will probably take a few months, not a few days or a few weeks to actually get the ball rolling on seeing that progress. And that can be very discouraging for some people who may feel like they're the most motivated when they see progress. Um, But we just have to be able to look at progress differently those first couple, you know, 30, 60, 90 days before we start seeing really the results of all of our labor. Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest mindset changes that we have to try to work on in the beginning is if we are very skill focused, it is very hard to see progress in other areas when in your head, if you're not seeing the scale move, or if you see it move in what you feel like is the opposite direction, that you it's sometimes hard for people to see progress, even if they look like they've lost 10 <laughs> 10 to 15 pounds. It's like their mind doesn't allow them to see it because they feel like, well, the scale didn't move. So therefore I didn't make any progress. Yeah. Yeah. And that can be really tough, but, um, I would definitely just say like, you know, when it comes to kind of setting those expectations, 
you know, you could very well see the scale move when you start making habit changes. It really just depends on your starting place. Um, and most of the time, the people that tend to listen to our podcast, the people we tend to work with, uh, tend to have more of a history of like restricting and binging. And, you know, the first step we usually need to take is actually increasing their food rather than decreasing it. So, we don't see scale movement right away. And that can be really, really difficult to like stay motivated in the process, to stay, um, you know, encouraged in the process um, if you don't really know kind of what's what's going on there. So there's kind of two parts of that. Number one, understanding the bigger picture and the expectations around, okay, if you're not going to see scale movement right now, when are you going to see it? Uh, because a lot of women just don't have that perspective. So then they're like, well, I'm just not seeing progress. So, you know, all hope is lost. Um, but if there's a light at the end of the tunnel, then most people can, you know, kind of shift their mind to keep going. Um, and then of course, like Christina said, focusing on progress in other areas. So what that actually looks like is things like your energy, your sleep quality, your progress in the gym, your habits, um, and all of the things that you're actually doing to eventually see results that you're being consistent with, because there is value in that and value in celebrating that. Um, though we often tend to just put it on the back burner because we think that the only thing that matters is seeing the scale move. When in reality, you know, it's the habits that we build to get the scale to move that are, that are the habits that are going to keep us there in, in the long run anyways. Yeah. I was going to say that typically when we're fixated on making those habits and we see like you're continuing to build upon those habits week after week after week, we start to really see a compounding effect. So even if you don't really see the scale move in the beginning, if you are establishing those healthy habits, like it is almost guaranteed that something will start to happen um, eventually. So it is you know, it's, it is very unsexy <laughs> to sell that experience to a client Just be like, Hey, you know, for the first 30, 60, 90 days, nothing's going to happen, but we're just going to like drink some more water and we're going to eat some more protein. And we're going to go out on, you know, a few walks around the neighborhood like that. And that's really hard to sell. <laughs> um, so I think that again, if you have this expectation that it's not going to be this, you know, quick fix and, you know, I'm really working on what is going to help me over my lifetime then 30, 60, 90 days may not feel like that long of a time. because you're like, oh, this is, you know, what's going to set me up for the rest of my life. I mean, yeah, it like, it isn't a long time either. Like, and I think a lot of people say that they want slow and steady, like change, but they have no like realistic frame of what that looks like. So they're like, oh, right. slow and steady, like two, three pounds a week. And we're just like, nope. Um, that's actually pretty aggressive. And, you know, sometimes we have to just set the foundations first before we build the house. And if weight loss is building the house, then the foundation, we're going to have to dig it real deep and make it really, really strong before we actually take the next step into that journey. Um, so compartmentalizing that is really hard for clients. And I mean, we do our best to kind of hammer it in, but like, you know, even so there's some people that drop off because they're discouraged and they just can't see past, you know, the immediate, I'm not seeing the scale move. I'm not seeing the scale move and not appreciating any of the other things that they're putting into action in their life. So it's hard, but, um, you know, when we do get that across to someone effectively, um, which is more often than not uh, at this point, uh, it is very, very, very impactful in the long run. So 
Yeah. And I feel like that transitions well into the idea of like, you might need to gain a couple pounds before you lose 20 and you might need to eat some more before you can diet before you like earn the right to diet, which is a really difficult concept. The same thing where we have people that come in, they're like, Oh, cool. I want to lose 20 pounds. And we're like, all right, well, we need to eat more and we can't diet right now. Um, <laughs> so then we have people that will be like, well, I want to diet. So therefore I'm going to find someone that will help me do that. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, no, that is a very good transition. <laughs> um, but yeah. And, and I mean, there's, that's the thing, right? Like you can absolutely find a person to help you lose the weight no matter what current state you're at, because, uh, at some point starvation will work. <laughs> and if you want it bad enough, like that will happen for you. But, uh, the might not be the smartest thing for you in the long run. And what I would encourage you to think about if you really, really struggle with the idea of reverse dieting, which is getting your calories up before you diet and setting uh, up your metabolism to actually diet effectively, I would encourage you to not think about how long it's going to take, you know, in the whole process. Cause like 20, 30 pounds, um, if you were to set reverse diet, set the habits, lose the weight, uh, reverse diet again, keep the weight off and be good forever. I would say that would probably take a year. And like for a lot of people hearing that for something that seems as simple as 20 or 30 pounds is like, what the F I did that in a month, like two months ago. And then I gained it back. What I would encourage you to think about is not the year that it takes to do that, but the number of weight loss trials and errors that you're going to save yourself from going through over and over again, because I'll be honest, I don't know how old you are listening to this right now, but I talk to women in their fifties and sixties who have been gaining and losing the same 30 plus pounds for uh, a few decades. Uh, and it doesn't stop. Like there's no, like, unless you actually do things right, there is no endpoint to that cycle of gaining and losing the same amount of weight. So instead of being in that cycle for five, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, just spend one year and like do it right. And you're saving yourself so much stress because the freedom that you feel on the other side of that, when you've actually achieved permanent results is way more worthwhile than just a quick adrenaline rush when you've hit the 30 pound mark in a, in a month. And then, you know, it comes back the next month. So just my two cents on that. Yeah. And I'll add a little side tangent there where, you know, we, we talk about like, okay, how much money do you think that someone in their, you know, forties, fifties, sixties has spent on fad loss diets and supplements and pills and all that. So, uh, the accumulation of that over time and not to mention what you have, the cost of what you've lost from just constantly trying all these things and not being happy and not being where you want to be. So yeah, maybe, you know, a one-on-one -on -one coach feels like a really big investment to you, or it feels like a really big cost, but thinking about how much you've spent over time, it may feel like a, a larger chunk at one time, which is really hard to, um, I feel like to deal with mentally, but again, just what it will save you in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. And like when you really think about how much the meal prep services, the diet pills, the beach body programs, the the gym memberships, the personal trainers, like everything that you would spend money on would add up to, 
it's like in the multiple tens of thousands, like for most women in their fifties and sixties. And like, it's, it's, it's wild. So, you know, if you spend a couple grand on a coaching program that is going to take you through the entire process, uh, very, very, very worthwhile, just hard to stomach in the moment. When, when does it not, right? Like money is money. Like it's always going to hurt to spend big money on something, but like, I just very, very much am passionate about like, let's do this once let's get it done and let's just be happy for the rest of your life. And you can thank me after. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, again, make, make the investment. It is worthwhile. So, um, you know, I think again, most kind of like what we were just talking about is like most women come to us wanting to lose, you know, 20 pounds or 10 pounds or whatever it may be. And they want to diet, but a lot, I would say again, 90, probably 90% of our clients, and I'm assuming it's the same with yours is they need to eat more calories to get to where they want to be. So putting in that time on the front end so they can be successful long-term. And so a lot of women hear that and they don't want to do it or they're constantly just like, well, when are we dieting? When are we dieting? And then, so like they're not really enjoying the process or maybe, I don't know. I don't want to say not understanding it. Cause that would be on our end, right? Like the coaches were not doing a good job. Um, but it is, it's really hard to feel like you're going in the opposite direction of where you want to go. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I mean, most women need to eat more calories per day to like, I mean, honestly, to even lose weight, um, off the bat <laughs> to, um, to stop like the whole toxic cycle of eating 1200 calories and then binging on the weekends. Like your average calories for the week are much higher than 1200 when that happens. And if you just ate more calories per day, you would literally eliminate that problem, the fluctuations, the emotional roller coaster, and you would eliminate, uh, taking yourself out of the deficit every single weekend. So most women, oh, that was a reminder that just went off on my phone, but most women actually need to eat more calories every day to stop that cycle, to, um, you know, reverse diet and build their metabolism up before they diet. But I will even say some women to just like lose weight in the first place. Like I've had people who've come to me and they're eating 1200 calories and binging every weekend, just like we change their calories to like 17, 1800 calories, which is still a deficit, but they're just able to be consistent with it. And they actually lose weight right away because they're just actually in a deficit all of the time. And it's just doesn't feel like it because it feels like more food that they've ever eaten. I actually talked to somebody yesterday who she had like, man, she had a very horrible history with like beach body and um, just really toxic like diet culture. And I mean, I don't even think I understand the whole half of it, but as soon as she joined our program, She lost nine pounds in nine weeks and she's eating 2000 calories a day. And all we did was force her to eat three well-balanced meals per day, hit her calories, hit her protein. And the weight just fell off because she just wasn't binging every weekend because she wasn't drinking, you know, pre-made shakes for dinner while her family ate a regular meal. Like she just ate with them and like added a protein source. So it's pretty wild. So, I mean, it's not always... Like you have to gain weight before you lose it. And it's not always you like can't see any results for three months before you um, see progress. That is the case for a lot of women with a lot of like just a lot of diet history. But there are cases where like once we have the calories, like things just start working and like 
you just fix the problem because you're no longer restricting like crazy. Yep. We have a very similar client experience. We had someone that came into the program and we were reversing her, building up her food and she was losing one to two pounds a week. And she was asking us like, is this progress? Okay. We're like, oh my gosh. We're like, yes. Like she looks like she's lost like 20 pounds and the same thing. We're like, we can't believe that you've been able to do all this without dieting. She's like, oh, I'm not dieting. (laughs) Like, no, (laughs) like, no, you're not, you're not dieting, you're reverse dieting. Like, you know, you're actually moving in the opposite direction. You're doing less cardio, you're eating more food and you're losing this weight. And she was like, oh my gosh, like I didn't realize I could lose weight and like not have to suffer or like not be hungry. And so that's a really big mental shift too, where a lot of women feel like they need to be doing more, that if like they're not eating salads for every meal, if they're not starving, if they're not doing hours of cardio, then they're not doing enough. And sometimes they get frustrated with the program Mm -hmm. and they give up because they're like, Oh, I'm just going to do, you know, 75 hard, or, you know, I'm just (laughs) going to do this, this challenge that I saw on Facebook or whatever it may be. Cause it feels like they're doing more. Yeah. Yeah. And it's almost never the case. I actually, you made me think of someone who joined our holiday challenge who she, she was doing, she just told me she was walking 15,000 steps per day at her highest. And she was tracking her macros at like, it was like 1800 calories or so. Um, but she was in the 200. So that's like pretty low for her. Um, and she stopped tracking macros and just the relief of stress that it took from her because she's such a perfectionist. She dropped like 10 pounds in two weeks of just pure stress. Like I'm not even going to say it's body fat. Like it was probably a ton of water retention and just like stress. Like, and, and that's crazy. And so a lot of times the point being, that's a little off topic, but it's kind of on topic in the sense that the way that you think you need to go, like doing more, being more rigid, being more accurate, being more this, more that is almost oftentimes like the wrong direction to go in. Whereas like something that kind of feels easier might be the better direction for you to go in. Um, that might, you know, get you faster progress too in the long run. Obviously she's an anomaly, like not everybody responds that way, but if you are like super hung up on macro tracking or something like that is a possibility, like it could be causing more stress than it's worth for you. Yeah. And so I feel like that reminds me of a couple of clients that we've worked with before where, you know, they've, they've come on these calls and we talked to them, talk to them about everything that they've done in the past. Like, you know, we talk about 75 hard beach body supplements or a keto or whatever it may be, or they, they feel like they're doing something right now that like works in the sense where they're like, well, I'm not getting worse. So what I'm doing right now is working. And so when they come and join a program and we have different philosophies, like we say, Hey, like, let's eat more, or let's reduce the amount of cardio sessions or like, Hey, let's, let's work on mindset. Um, and and more so than like tracking macros and being super diligent that sometimes clients quit because they're not open to change. They're not open to trying something new that they're very close-minded and they say, well, I'm just going to do what I want to do, or I'm going to do what I think I need to do. And so they don't actually give the program much of a chance because they're very closed off. And so either they fall off or they're doing something different than what the coach says that they should be doing and eventually just don't, they just don't see progress or they give up or they ghost because they just don't want to have that conversation with their coach. 
Yeah, I just I I just have one one thing to say to that is like <laughs> if you pay money, do you want a yes man or do you want to be coached? Like do you want someone to tell you that what you're doing is great even if it's not or do you want to see results? Like there's a certain level of humility that needs to happen when you hire someone for their expertise of you should Probably listen to what they say and give it your all before you say it doesn't work. Yeah. And now, again, that's not to say that a coaching relationship is top down, right? Like, it's not to say that you can't communicate your needs or how you're feeling to have right. things modified because absolutely that coach client relationship is, it should be, I say should be, cause it's not always the case. It should be very yeah. collaborative. Um, and you know, you should feel like you can be open and honest and have things change. But if your coach is telling you, here is why I think you should do something. And here is why I think it would benefit you. And let's try this and see what happens then yes, I would say, let's, let's be open. And if it doesn't work, Hey, we know it doesn't work. And your coach has got something else up their sleeve that they'll try to modify for you, but really do give it like, give it, be open, yeah. really be open to change and try. And if it doesn't work, your coach will find something else. Yeah. Or they should. Um. <laughs> yes. Again, again, should. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's just like, there's a balance between like, you know, a lot of times I'll ask someone like, what are you absolutely not willing to give up or do to see results? And like, if there is like a hard non-negotiable, usually it's like date night with husband or like, uh, being able to enjoy blah, blah, blah with the kids or a certain amount of time. Right. Um, some people are like, you know, fuck it. Like I, I, I will do anything, but <laughs> I think everybody kind of has that line of what they're not willing to do. And, you know, it's important as coaches to not cross that line. Um, but it's also important that we challenge people to get out of their comfort zones and try something maybe a different way than they've done before. Um, and so, yeah, just like if, if you're being approached with something that is different and maybe it's intimidating or scary, or you're just like, well, like this all has worked for me in the past. Like the reason why you hired a coach is because, uh, you know, whatever you've been doing hasn't been working enough. <laughs> so, um, there's clearly some room for improvement there and, you know, just being open can be, um, a really big game changer to, to seeing results. So yeah, I guess yeah. the last thing, wow, this is going to be a short one. Um, <laughs> the last thing is just, I mean, kind of touched on this a little bit, but like, Oh no, there's two more, <laughs> but, uh, kind of the same idea. So like consistency is required for much, much longer than just 60 to 90 days. Like you can see physical results in like a few months. Yes. But learning how to maintain after your weight loss is the probably most important and most understated part of long-term success. Because, um, I don't know about, I can't speak for everybody else. I could probably speak for Christina and that's it. Um, we want you to keep your results and not have to go on the yo-yo train for the rest of your life when you finish a program like ours. So, um, you have to spend the time to actually learn what maintenance looks like for you. And there's usually one of two reasons why this is important. The first one is the woman who has achieved results does not believe she is deserving of a body that she actually likes in the mirror and, uh, can maintain and, enjoys the way that she looks and feels because there's some kind of deeper self-worth issue, um, it, within that, obviously that can be, you know, jointly unpacked with like therapy plus 
uh, coaching, but it's very important to like consistently reinforce mentally that like, this is your new normal. This is maintenance. This is your new body. This is your new life. You are worthy of continuing this and just like reinforcing that with affirmations and like things we can do on the coaching side there. Or the other side of it is just like, you don't know tactically how to maintain your progress. And spoiler alert, it's a lot easier than getting to the destination in the first place. Like for example, um, maintaining your strength and muscle mass takes roughly a seventh to a ninth of the total amount of training volume that it took to build that muscle mass mass. So like uh, theoretically, I'm just going to do this for like uh, easy maths sake. If there's, you know, one seventh required to maintain your muscle mass, if you were training, don't do this, but if you were training seven days a week, hypothetically, you would literally be able to cut that down to one training session per week and at least not go backwards. And now that's not to say that like, you're just going to do the very, very bare minimum when you're maintaining, but you can kind of learn what that bare minimum is. And you can kind of learn like, what are the trade-offs that you can accept uh, to maintain your progress? And what are the things that will kind of start dragging you backwards? And you can find a nice like homeostasis point there. Uh, It takes time to learn that. And a lot of people want to skip that step and be like, I made it to my goal. I'm done with coaching. Goodbye. And that is a huge mistake. <laughs> so I would definitely just encourage spending two, three, four, five months with your coach at maintenance until it feels like you're basically, you don't need them. And you're just like, yeah, I don't really know what check-ins are for anymore because like we're good and I'm happy and this is it. <laughs> like when you get to that point, you're done. Like that's it. But um, up until then, I would say spend some time at maintenance for sure. Yeah. And I think that's important to point out that you don't want to just work with a coach for a fat loss phase to work with them during a reverse, or like you said, work with them during maintenance until you get to that point where you're like, I can do this with my eyes closed. Like it doesn't require any like thought. Like I'm just at this point where everything is just automatic. And that's a a really good time to be like, yeah, I don't think I need to continue with this. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, you'll kind of have that find that confidence within yourself. Um, you know, when, when that time does come. And if you feel very uncertain of like, I don't know if I should go on my own yet. Like if your contract is almost up and you're like, I don't know if I should leave yet. That is like a gut feeling that you should probably listen to. Like if you don't feel confident, like chances are you need to build that confidence. Will you ever feel fully ready? Probably not, but like, you'll probably be like 90% and then you'll just be sad that you're not going to have like your, your friend in your inbox every week. Um, but yeah. So then the last piece is simply, um, kind of a, a, a tangent off of that is making permanent changes and having weight loss that lasts forever does require, uh, changes in your lifestyle that are permanent. There is no going back to the way it was before. There is no going back to, you know, old habits, There is no, once I'm done with the diet, I will eat X, Y, and Z all the time. It is, this is now your new life and you can enjoy some more flexibility within that. But like there are certain amounts of changes in your day-to-day habits and routines that like need to stay there, like getting walks in, staying hydrated, eating fruits and vegetables, eating protein with every meal, strength training. You'll probably need to do it with less rigidity and less like neuroticism but you will still need to do those things at least, you know, 75% of the time. 
So, you know, 75% of the time is uh, a lot, but at the same time, it's not that much once you've actually lost the weight and done what, what you've needed to do to get to that end goal. So, um, it's just a hard pill to swallow. And like, I always just, I try to reiterate it as much as possible because I just, I don't think you can really hear it enough. Um, and I think it's something that takes a lot of digesting to like really settle into and like understand not only from like a, like an understanding and perspective standpoint, but from like a behavioral standpoint of like, if you're in it and you're doing it and like, you're in this process and this journey, like repeating that to yourself and living it are two different things. So I think it's just important to kind of continue reminding yourself that like the changes that you're making, maybe even at the very beginning of your journey, who knows, maybe you just started. Um, like these are the changes that you're going to want to see yourself doing for the next 10, 20, 30 years or, or longer. And these are changes that are going to extend your lifespan even. And so, you know, make sure that what you start doing, um, you know, there, there will be periods of temporary unsustainability within what you need to do. Like dieting is not inherently sustainable, but some of the basic habits that you might start with, like you should be able to see yourself doing that forever. Like it shouldn't be something that like is always a total hassle and like you can never get it consistent. Like, for example, for me, that's, that's the 10,000 step goal. Like I, I can't do that. And, uh, my settling point is like six to 8,000 on the daily. Um, who knows, maybe with a dog that'll change, but like six to 8,000 steps, um, is pretty much where I settle and that's like maintainable for me. And I could, I could continue doing that. Um, for other people it's different, but like you have to figure out what that sweet spot is for you and what those changes are that will stick for, for good. Yeah. I love the aspect of sustainability. Like what do I see myself being able to maintain for a long period of time? Like if you're someone who's super active, then like, that's just part of your lifestyle. But someone like us, we work from home, we sit at our desk a lot of days, getting 10,000 steps requires a lot. <laughs> um, but you might be surprised having a dog. Like I find myself more often than not being like, ah, oh, I gotta take her on a walk <laughs> like for her. Um, so you might find yourself doing that, but you made me think of something, um, the quote that like discipline equals freedom. And mm -hmm. so I, I, I love this quote by, by Jocko Willink. And so he talks about like, if you are disciplined, you know, 90% of the time, then you, that other 10% of the time you have that freedom to kind of do whatever you want. And I think that this definitely applies to health and fitness where it's like, Hey, if, you know, if, uh, 11 months out of the year, like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're going on the walks, you're drinking your water, you're strength training. You take some time off where if you go to Vegas and you have like a trip or whatever, and you eat like an asshole, <laughs> like, you know, if you are doing those things, like it's not going to set you back the way if you were doing that every single weekend, like mm -hmm. that, that's like, you're going to feel awful. But if you're doing that, and again, I'm not to say that you have to be perfect and then you can eat like an asshole and like, like <laughs> we don't want you swinging through, through those extremes, but just as like an example, like you can have those like date nights with your spouse where you go out and like you order whatever. And you're not thinking about like, how do I track this in my fitness pal? Or how do I track alcohol? It's like, you can just go enjoy your time, not think about it. And then just get right back on track the next day. You have that freedom because you were so disciplined the other 90% of the time. So I really think that that um, is a, a really good idea with like how your fitness journey should look. It, it shouldn't be a hundred percent or 110% extreme. And then you go to zero 
And then you got to go back to these extreme programs. It's like, Hey, if I'm just consistent, like, and it doesn't have to be 90, maybe it looks more like 75. Like then you have that freedom to kind of just do whatever you want and know it's not going to completely set you back. And if it does a little bit, it's like, Hey, I have that skill and I have that knowledge to dial it back in, get back to where I know I can be and then maintain from there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love the kind of finishing thought of the discipline equals freedom quote. I think that's perfect. But I mean, yeah, to just kind of sum it all up, like don't quit while you're ahead. Understand the entire journey that you're kind of getting yourself into here and understand that it's going to save you time, energy, money, stress, headspace in the future if you do it right the first time or if you just do it right now um, compared to doing it wrong over and over and over again and suffering from that. So, yeah. Yeah. One last thing I will add because I, it made me think of it just now. And like when we are talking about coachings and what coaches should and should not do, if you find yourself, if you've invested in a coach and you were not happy with the, uh, with, you know, what happened, if you're not happy with the relationship you have with your coach, number one, definitely communicate. Because if you're not communicating how you feel, then the coach doesn't have an opportunity to change or make adjustments. Uh, if you have communicated and nothing's changed or things don't improve, please do not let that uh, keep you from trying another program or trying another coach. Cause sometimes just like dating, it might take you a couple coaches to find that perfect fit and what is going to work for you. So I say that where, you know, don't be skeptical or say, well, you know, this isn't going to work because my past coaching experience didn't work. You would just might need to find the right person for you. So hopefully if you are uh, gearing up to work with someone, or if you are, again, are going into your fitness journey for 2023, hopefully you feel a little bit more equipped uh, to kind of go through this for the long haul. So uh, we hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. We will have a, another kind of like New Year's episode here in a couple of weeks that will will come out with you guys. But uh, if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. You can find both of us on Instagram. You can find me at Christy Lynn Fit. Marissa is at Marissa Roy Fitness. Thank you guys so much for listening and we hope to see you back next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast, and we hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something from it. Please remember that Christina and I are not medical professionals, so if you're going to make any changes to your exercise or nutrition routines, please consult with your doctor or medical team first. Finally, we would love you even more than we already do if you took the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Ratings and reviews are how this podcast moves up the ranks and becomes accessible to even more people. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next Tuesday here at the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast.